this is our song. We'll fight the powers that be just. Don't pick our destiny, cause you don't know what you don't become. We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. Oh, you're so condescending. Your goal is never ending. We draw one, nothing, not a thing from you. Your life is tried and jaded, boring and confiscated. If that's your best, your best won't do. Whoa. single child, past, present, and future. We have to remember today is July 16, 2021. It's been over you know, four years where we heard what it is that we want and what it is that we were promised. And what we were promised is this. Ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day 
forward. It's going to be only America first. America first. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Now, what happened to that? Because it seems that uh, some people want to take power from those that are allegedly corrupt and take it to themselves because they know better. Now, I've mentioned <laughs> many times, dabble in strength theory, game theory is my thing. But one thing that I haven't discussed is uh, the theory of chaos. And I think it's important to introduce that to you today in the sense that, you know, people don't seem to be able to see beyond the fog of war. And it's literally the fog of war. What people don't have the ability to see is past it. Because the one way that you can create chaos is by garnering the trust of those around you and pushing it. And see, those that believe that they have extraordinary insight or power or wealth or influence fail to understand that the butterfly effect coincides with chaos theory. And when you're not balancing the two, it can be a very big problem. Because if there is a master of time or a master of chaos theory, well then, you know, that's when you lose. Hardcore lose. Not sort of lose. Like super lose. Beyond anything imaginable. Because the butterfly effect is, it coincides with chaos theory. And you hear it so many times. Through chaos comes order. Well, you've probably heard about the butterfly effect. And it's usually kind of just said like, uh, a butterfly will flap its wings here and it will cause something there, right? There are millions of butterflies and one, if every single one of those butterfly wings caused any type of, you know, storm, like, it, like this says, it has been said that something as small as a flutter of a butterfly's wing can ultimately cause a typhoon halfway around the world. That's what they say chaos theory is. But in essence, in order to have that flutter, mean anything or do anything. There must be an actual ripple effect. Have you guys ever thrown a stone in a pond or water and it'll ripple one, two, three, and then die out? The strength of a ripple doesn't have to do with the size of the stone, but it's actually the angle. This is all of us that have played skipping stones on the water. You know how many, I, I, I remember I was so proud of myself when I got it to skip five times. It's all about the angle. So the angle and how it amplifies. So think of that in a way of wildfires. So it's not that one butterfly or tiny changes um, can make big changes. It's in fact 
tiny things, simple things can have complex results. That's basically what it is. So whether you look at um, how people interact, you can see that there's chaos. If you're, how do I, how do I, there's rules, okay, to many things. So for example, if you're on, um, what we, on a train, right? There's rigid rules. The, tr- the wheels of the train are attached to the track and they move and it goes at a certain speed and it doesn't bounce or anything, right? And it can take turns and, and twists the way it is by those rules. But see, chaos theory would mean that if one cart, for example, right? Um, tipped more than another and it went into a completely different direction um, that it can cause change to the regular to the whole train which is true uh, if you know you have five carts and and the third cart decides to lean left while the rest of the train wants to lean right uh, it can cause problems with the whole train that's basically it it's that there's a sensitivity or dependence on certain small actions that can cause chaos in an orderly system. And this is something that we should discuss because simple things make big changes. And I think the best person that actually made that almost eloquently put it together, which was what? Demanding um, having peace from strength. And what does strength mean? Does it mean you have big muscles, big guns, a big mouth? It's just truth. Take a listen. Let me make this an absolute fact. The goal is world peace. That must be our prime responsibility. We are the leader of the free world, whether we want to be or not. And therefore, we are the only ones that can preserve the peace. And to do that, we must have strength. Meeting this mission, this responsibility for preserving the peace, which I believe is a responsibility peculiar to our country, that we cannot shirk our responsibility as the leader of the free world because we're the only one that can do it. And therefore, the burden of maintaining the peace falls on us. And to maintain that peace requires strength. America has never gotten in a war because we were too strong. I've always believed that this land was set aside in an uncommon way. That a divine plan placed this great continent between the oceans to be found by a people from every corner of the earth who had a special love of faith, freedom, and peace. Let us reaffirm America's destiny of goodness and goodwill. Let us work for peace. And as we do, let us remember the lines of the famous old hymn, O God of love, O King of peace, make wars throughout the world to cease. There's some who've forgotten why we have a military. 
It's not to promote war. It's to be prepared for peace. There's a sign over the entrance to Fairchild Air Force Base in Washington State. That sign says it all. Peace is our profession. We know only too well that war comes not when the forces of freedom are strong. It is when they are weak that tyrants are tempted. Of all the objectives we seek, first and foremost is the establishment of lasting world peace. But let our friends and those who may wish us ill take note. The United States has an obligation to its citizens and to the people of the world never to let those who would destroy freedom dictate the future course of life on this planet. There are no words to express the extraordinary strength and character of this breed of people we call American. They're concerned, yes. They're not frightened. They're disturbed, but not dismayed. They are the kind of men and women Tom Paine had in mind when he wrote during the darkest days of the American Revolution. We have it in our power to begin the world over again. Ladies and gentlemen of our armed forces, on behalf of a grateful commander-in-chief, I salute you. Wow, right? Simple words that resonate. But when he's talking about forces, our American forces, it's not just those that are in uniform. It's not. It's the people that support those in uniform and those that are fighting the war in jeans and shorts, in mom jeans, in track suits. You guys are an existential threat to those that seek not to relinquish power to you. What you must understand when I speak of infiltration and segregation of Americans, you have the insane Democrats, right? And then you have the rhinos, and then you have the invisible enemy. That's the enemy. That's the worst battle buddy there. 
is probably the one that needs hormones and can't, you know, fight because they don't have their hormone replacement therapy. It's the one that believes that people are believe the same thing the uniparty believes, which is people are too stupid to make decisions on their own. We're smarter. Look at us. We've made businesses. We've got banks. We've got a shit ton of crypto on our cold wallets. We've got this. We've got that. We have a voice. We're influencers. Everyone's paying us a shit ton of money to listen to what we have to say. And unfortunately, people are just too stupid. This is it. And so those people that believe that they know best also claim to fight for freedom, for the Second Amendment, which is true. They are pushing for that. You think Pelosi didn't think that she was doing a service to her country by running the first time she went into office? Of course not. She didn't wake up one day and said, oh, I'm just an evil bitch and I'm going to rule the world and make people kneel and sacrifice felons so that I can set a big fire around the world and cause the biggest civil wars the world has ever seen. Do you think she said that? No, she didn't. Just like big conservative influencers that are so proper and so incredible offering you the rhetoric you want to hear now, which is to fight back, which is for America first. They will prop up the president and hide in his boot if they have to. But when he moves, when he's gone, they will take over because it's not the people. It's the people that think they know best because they believe people are too dumb to make the right decisions. And I mean, can you blame them with all this shit that we're seeing? But I'll tell you what, people are waking up faster than anything. Hence why I say we've got another year and a half of this, less than a year and a half. And it's going to get bad. It's going to get really, really, really bad. But it's necessary. It's actually necessary to make sure that this never happens again. So with that in mind, thinking of all your conservative pretend pro-Trump personas, And I say this with the notion that I already know where they land. If you were to ask me, Tori, where's Bongino in like three years? Where's Kirk? Where are they? You're not going to like my answer. Because hmm, all good things get twisted and you taste that. Forbidden fruits of power, especially when you weren't humble in the first place. So let's remember what the president said about impossible things. You know, I love this video. It's important you hear it today. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. 
you will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet 
to come. May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God bless America. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Now, I will keep playing that video over and over again until you guys can see what he was saying. And many people don't seem to get it that we're all the class of 2017. Now, infiltration and the existential threat that you guys pose is extremely understated. While many think, oh, you're just salty or you're just saying things, right? When I tell you that those that you think have followers don't, right? People don't seem to get it. And uh, I am trying to see if I can get someone to put it in a video format, but your actual moderators, who, by the way, let me tell you a true story here. When I set up my Telegram channel, I set it up and there were like maybe like 50 people in it when I first started it. And one of them was Haley Kennington who wrote for me. And, um, I moderated a few people when it got to like a hundred, 200, I don't remember. And they're the same moderators that you see now. And I said to them, you guys have no idea what kind of movement this is going to be and what role you're going to play. And I remember Haley telling me, God, you're so dramatic. This is so stupid. And she embarrassed me. I felt really bad. But let me tell you something. They did an incredible job. It is quite difficult for someone with their human eye <laughs> to keep an eye on 50 state rooms and country rooms and then side pocket rooms, right? Um, and catch it. But I, I believe it was whims of the moderators who actually saw the pattern that the AI software uses to create um, alternate personas. And these alternate personas come in and don't think it's the stupid bot that says, please try again, I don't understand. They're highly intelligent. They're all linked to one analyst. It could be 20 of them, it could be 25. And they insert the messages that they want. They trigger the responses that they want. And so the moderators have been watching this. <clears throat> in the uh, admin channels and the guardian channels and all of them, because those are rooms you guys created. And, you know, they just couldn't believe that they saw the pattern. And so I want to show it to you because when you share stuff from channels, you add, you know, you start following channels that you think have a lot of people like a hundred thousand, 90,000, 50,000, right. That have always been that high. Those channels do not have that amount of following. If you actually have followers that are, you know, 120,000, you will have at least 1% commenting and they do not have that. Okay. They don't at all. And so what I realized is obviously they're going to start putting bots because they do use bot networks in order to trigger conversation and bring conversation. It's not organic. It's all AI. 
And so the content that's being shared amongst most channels throughout Telegram, throughout Gab, it's all done by a list and a process. They do not, they do not, and I repeat, they do not follow natural instinct, natural discussion, because you can actually see that all of them post the same thing back and forth. And bots will actually ask questions too. They don't uh, just sit there. So having said that, I think it's important for me to now take you to where I wanted to today on a Friday and get you thinking. I wanted to uh, introduce to you And it was so well titled when I found it because I was like, yeah, I need to do the graph and this. And I haven't set that up, but I did manage to get my bed built today. So that's incredible. Um, It's the equation that will change how you see the world. So grab your cigarette, coffee, Coke, food, wine, whatever it is, and enjoy. Because I'll stop and kind of translate when needed. It is the most incredible thing uh, put together that'll make you think and understand what chaos theory really is. Of neurons in your brain, it's this one simple equation. This video is sponsored by Fast Hosts, who are offering UK viewers the chance to win a trip to South by Southwest if they can answer my question at the end of this video. So stay tuned for that. Well, the simplest model I can imagine. Let's say you want to model a population of rabbits. If you have X rabbits this year, how many rabbits will you have next year? Well, the simplest model I can imagine is where we just multiply by some number, the growth rate R, which could be, say, 2. And this would mean the population would double every year. And the problem with that is it means the number of rabbits would grow exponentially forever. So I can add the term 1 minus x to represent the constraints of the environment. And here I'm imagining the population x is a percentage of the theoretical maximum. So it goes from 0 to 1. And as it approaches that maximum, then this term goes to 0. And that constrains the population. So this is the logistic map. xn plus 1 is the population next year, and xn is the population this year. And if you graph the population next year versus the population this year, you see it is just an inverted parabola. It's the simplest equation you can make that has a negative feedback loop. The bigger the population gets over here, the smaller it'll be the following year. So let's try an example. Let's say we're dealing with a particularly active group of rabbits. So R equals 2.6. And then let's pick a starting population of... 40% of the maximum, so 0.4, and then times 1 minus 0.4, and we get 0.624. Okay, so the population increased in the first year. But what we're really interested in is the long-term behavior of this population. So we can put this population back into the equation, and to speed things up, you can actually type 2.6 times answer times 1 minus answer, get 0.61. So the population dropped a little. Hit it again, 0.619, 0. 0.613, 0.617, 0.615, 0.616, 0.615. And if I keep hitting enter here, you see that the population doesn't really change. It has stabilized, which matches what we see in the wild. Populations often remain the same as long as births and deaths are balanced. Now, I want to make a graph of this iteration 
you can see here that it's reached an equilibrium value of 0.615. Now, what would happen if I changed the initial population? I'm just going to move this slider here. And what you see is the first few years change, but the equilibrium population remains the same. So we can basically ignore the initial population. So what I'm really interested in is how does this equilibrium population vary depending on R, the growth rate? Well, as you can see, if I lower the growth rate, the equilibrium population decreases. That makes sense. And in fact, if R goes below one, well, then the population drops and eventually goes extinct. So what I want to do is make another graph where on the x-axis I have R, the growth rate, and on the y-axis I'm plotting the equilibrium population, the population you get after many, many, many generations. Okay, for low values of R, we see the populations always go extinct, so the equilibrium value is zero. But once R hits one, the population stabilizes onto a constant value. And the higher R is, the higher the equilibrium population. Wait for it. Wait for it. So far, so good. But now comes the weird part. Once R passes three, the graph splits in two. Why? What's happening? Well, no matter how many times you iterate the equation, it never settles onto a single constant value. Instead, it oscillates back and forth between two values. One year the population is higher, the next year lower, and then the cycle repeats. The cyclic nature of populations is observed in nature too. One year there might be more rabbits, and then fewer the next year, and more again the year after. As R continues to increase, the fork spreads apart, and then each one splits again. Now, instead of oscillating back and forth between two values, populations go through a four-year cycle before repeating. Since the length of the cycle, or period, has doubled, these are known as period-doubling bifurcations. And as R increases further, there are more period-doubling bifurcations. They come faster and faster, leading to cycles of 8, 16, 32, 64, and then at R equals 3.57, chaos. The population never settles down at all. It bounces around as if at random. In fact, this equation provided one of the first methods of generating random numbers on computers. It was a way to get something unpredictable from a deterministic machine. There is no pattern here, no repeating. Of course, if you did know the exact initial conditions, you could calculate the values exactly. So they are considered only pseudo-random numbers. Now, you might expect the equation to be chaotic from here on out, but as R increases, order returns. There are these windows of stable periodic behavior amid the chaos. For example, at R equals 3.83, there is a stable cycle with a period of three years. And as R continues to increase, it splits into 6, 12, 24, and so on before returning to chaos. In fact, this one equation contains periods of every length. 37, 51, 1,052, whatever you like if you just have the right value of R. Looking at this bifurcation diagram, you may notice that it looks like a fractal. The large-scale features look to be repeated on smaller and smaller scales. And sure enough, if you zoom in, you see that it is, in fact, a fractal. Arguably the most famous fractal is the Mandelbrot set. The plot twist here is that the bifurcation diagram is actually part of the Mandelbrot set. How does that work? 
Well, quick recap on the Mandelbrot set. It is based on this iterated equation. So the way it works is you pick a number C, any number in the complex plane, and then start with Z equals zero, and then iterate this equation over and over again. If it blows up to infinity, well then the number C is not part of the set. But if this number remains finite after unlimited iterations, well then it is part of the Mandelbrot set. So let's try, for example, C equals one. So we've got zero squared plus one equals one, then one squared plus one equals two, two squared plus one equals five, five squared plus one equals 26. So pretty quickly, you can see that with C equals one, this equation is gonna blow up. So the number one is not part of the Mandelbrot set. What if we try C equals negative one? Well, then we've got zero squared minus one equals negative one, negative one squared minus one equals zero. And so we're back to zero squared minus one equals negative one. So we see that this function is gonna keep oscillating back and forth between negative one and zero. And so it'll remain finite. And so C equals negative one is part of the Mandelbrot set. Now, normally when you see pictures of the Mandelbrot set, it just shows you the boundary between the numbers that cause this iterated equation to remain finite and those that cause it to blow up but it doesn't really show you how these numbers stay finite. So what we've done here is actually iterated that equation thousands of times and then plotted on the z-axis the value that that iteration actually takes. Remember, the z-axis is the one that you can't see. It's the one that's, you know, the three-dimensional one, okay? And finite means to infinity and beyond. So if we look from the side, what you'll actually see is the bifurcation diagram. It is part of this Mandelbrot set. So what's really going on here? Well, what this is showing us is that all of the numbers in the main cardioid, they end up stabilizing onto a single constant value. But the numbers in this main bulb well, they end up oscillating back and forth between two values. And in this bulb, they end up oscillating between four values. They've got a period of four, and then eight, and then 16, 32, and so on. And then you hit the chaotic part. The chaotic part of the bifurcation diagram happens out here on what's called the needle of the Mandelbrot set, where the Mandelbrot set gets really thin. And you can see this medallion here that looks like a smaller version of the entire Mandelbrot set, well, that corresponds to the window of stability in the bifurcation plot with a period of three. Now, the bifurcation diagram only exists on the real line because we only put real numbers into our equation. But all of these bulbs off of the main cardioid, well, they also have periodic cycles of, for example, three or four or five. And so you see these repeated ghostly images if we look in the z-axis, effectively, they're oscillating between these values as well. How fantastic is that, right? Personally, I find this extraordinarily beautiful. But if you're more practically minded, you may be asking, but does this equation actually model populations of animals? And the answer is yes particularly in the controlled environment scientists have set up in labs. What I find even more amazing 
is how this one simple equation applies to a huge range of totally unrelated areas of science. The first major experimental confirmation came from a fluid dynamicist named Libchaber. He created a small rectangular box with mercury inside, and he used a small temperature gradient to induce convection. Just two counter-rotating cylinders of fluid inside his box. That's all the box was large enough for. And of course, he couldn't look in and see what the fluid was doing, so he measured the temperature using a probe in the top. And what he saw was a regular spike, a periodic spike in the temperature. That's like when the logistic equation converges on a single value. But as he increased the temperature gradient, a wobble developed on those rolling cylinders at half the original frequency. The spikes in temperature were no longer the same height. Instead, they went back and forth between two different heights. He had achieved period two. And as he continued to increase the temperature, he saw period doubling again. Now he had four different temperatures before the cycle repeated, and then eight. This was a pretty spectacular confirmation of the theory in a beautifully crafted experiment. But this was only the beginning. Scientists have studied the response of our eyes and salamander eyes to flickering lights. And what they find is a period doubling that once the light reaches a certain rate of flickering, our eyes only respond to every other flicker. It's amazing in these papers to see the bifurcation diagram emerge, albeit a bit fuzzy because it comes from real-world data. In another study, scientists gave rabbits a drug that sent their hearts into fibrillation. I guess they felt there were too many rabbits out there. I mean, if you don't know what fibrillation is, it's where your heart beats in an incredibly irregular way and doesn't really pump any blood. So if you don't fix it, you die. But what they found was on the path to fibrillation, they found the period doubling route to chaos. The rabbit started out with a periodic beat, and then it went into a two cycle, two beats close together, and then a four cycle, four different beats before it repeated again, and eventually a periodic behavior. Now, what was really cool about this study was they monitored the heart in real time and used chaos theory to determine when to apply electrical shocks to the heart to return it to periodicity. And they were able to do that successfully. So they used chaos to control a heart and figure out a smarter way to deliver electric shocks to set it beating normally again. That's pretty amazing. And then there is the issue of the dripping faucet. Most of us, of course, think of dripping faucets as very regular periodic objects. But a lot of research has gone into finding that once the flow rate increases a little bit, you get period doubling. So now the drips come two at a time. And eventually, from a dripping faucet, you can get chaotic behavior just by adjusting the flow rate. And you think, like, what really is a faucet? Well, there's constant pressure water and a constant size aperture. And yet what you're getting is chaotic dripping. So this is a really easy chaotic system you can experiment with at home. Go open a tap just a little bit and see if you can get aperiodic dripping in your house. The bifurcation diagram pops up in so many different places that it starts to feel spooky. Now, I want to tell you something that'll make it seem even spookier. There was this physicist, Mitchell Feigenbaum, who was looking at when the bifurcations occur. 
he divided the width of each bifurcation section by the next one. And、Get、he、ready. found that ratio closed in on this number, 4.669, which is now called the Feigenbaum constant. The bifurcations come faster and faster, but in a ratio that approaches this fixed value. And no one knows where this constant comes from. It doesn't seem to relate to any other known physical constant. So it is itself a fundamental constant of nature. What's even crazier is that it doesn't have to be the particular form of the equation I showed you earlier. Any equation that has a single hump. If you iterate it the way that we have, so you could use x n plus one equals sine x, for example. If you iterate that one again and again and again, you will also see bifurcations. Not only that, but the ratio of when those bifurcations occur will have the same scaling, four point six six nine. Any single hump function iterated will give you that fundamental constant. So why is this? Well, it's referred to as universality, because there seems to be something fundamental and very universal about this process, this type of equation, and that constant value. In 1976, the biologist Robert May wrote a paper in Nature about this very equation. It sparked a revolution in people looking into this stuff. I mean, that paper's been cited thousands of times. And in the paper, he makes this plea that we should teach students about this simple equation, because it gives you a new intuition for ways in which simple things, simple equations, can create very complex behaviors. And I still think that today we don't really teach this way. I mean, we teach simple equations and simple outcomes because those are the easy things to do, and those are the things that make sense. We're not going to throw chaos at students, but but you should because it's not that hard. And so, while you guys watch this amazing、uh, explanation, which <laughs> it was one of the most incredible finds on YouTube to date for me, incredible finds on YouTube to date, because what I am going to tell you. Will change the way you see things. You saw the bifurcation, and you saw that there was a constant. Nobody knows why this constant is there. They simply observe, right? And so, if we get into physics and we talk Einstein, who was a loser, he stole everything from Tesla's writings. They propped him up, and he gave false information to the world. He told people that light travels, and it does not. He also told people the theory of re- relativity, saying that the universe was not eternal and that it had a beginning. And so, if we use one's words, we can prove how little people know. So, the theory of relativity basically says, you know, that、um, the universe is not eternal. It had to happen. It was the Big Bang. Right, but then we have a theory that I've been not naming a theory, but I've always said that in order for changes to happen, there needs to be pressure. Everything happens for a reason. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So here is where it starts to get really easy to understand if you put all of these things that you heard, and a lot of you were like, "I'm lost." 
his visuals showed you something. Cardioid, heart, the pulse. What you were witnessing and listening to was the pulse of the universe of how things develop. It is all about frequency. It is all about the pulse of life. It, the word cardioid literally comes from the Greek word heart. You were looking at what is the pulse. Have you ever heard my heart skips two beats, right? It just skipped a beat, right? This is the heartbeat of the universe that you were watching. A lot of people see it as something that they don't understand. They just know that if you come to a capacity, there's a bifurcation and then there's more bifurcations and more and split and split and split and split. <laughs> Imagine if you can see all those splits. Imagine if you can harness all those splits. Imagine if you had the ability to be able to pick the right bifurcation on that tree. So the theory of causality pretty much states that something can't just happen just because, as I've said, people don't just one day say, oh, you know what? I'm going to wake up and go murder people. Something ticked, something happened, right? So we've got theory of causality, right? <laughs> we've, we're, we're talking about theory of relativity that gets annihilated by the theory of causality because you know, if the, well, if the universe can't be eternal and there has to be a start by the theory of causality, then, and Einstein says there was a beginning, so it started. So everyone's going about the big bang and it's like, all right, what banged? There's gotta be something that banged, right? We saw how a heartbeat of effect happens in escalations of not only populations, but events, emotions. And they have a ratio. Another ratio is the human resonance. And all the numbers just seem to focus. They all seem to sing if put in line. The biggest thing is, if there is nothing and the bang happened and something happened, what was it? What was it before there was light? Before there was space, matter, time, what was there? What was it that was out of space, out of matter, and out of time that made all this happen? Was it an accident? Is that what these animals are trying to convince you, that you were an accident? That all of this, the beating heart of the future from one origination... The synchronicity and the duplicity of man. The ever-expanding consciousness of a human being. All of that was an accident? Pretty much not. That makes zero sense. And hence... This is why they don't teach chaos theory, because in fact, it's not really chaos. It's parsimonious. I've used that word so many times, parsimony. 
Occam's razor. It's not that complicated. And this is why they can't solve basic problems. And you know why? Because people who tend to want to control things that are not theirs cannot see the bigger picture. They microfocus. And this is what we're seeing now. This is why chaos is synonymous with fog of war, with the inability to foresee events, to blind spots, right? Hyper-focusing on things. So the language of instability is basically what chaos is, the language of instability. So I would like to interpret that for you. And I found another great video that talks about it. Specializing in simulations of dynamical systems, such as the weather surrounding your city or the trajectories of multiple planets affected by each other's gravitational pulls. This is crucial to your job. You work for the weather forecast and also part-time in an intergalactic masterminds venture to attack and colonize the Milky Way. Now, as a result of extensive scientific research and your own ingenuity, your simulations are able to perfectly predict how these systems change over time, given any set of starting parameters. However, you must still be extremely careful in using these simulations to predict what happens in the real world, or else it may result in a wildly inaccurate, completely different prediction. This is due to the simple fact that these systems are chaotic. The systems that were mentioned earlier are what's known as chaotic deterministic. Deterministic means that they are, in fact, not random. Given any initial conditions, there is one and only one way that the system will pan out. However, the fact that they're chaotic means they display aperiodic behavior over time, meaning there's no observable pattern as to how they behave, and are extremely sensitive to small changes in the initial conditions. Of course, it's impossible to... Wait, did you hear that? That if they are sensitive to extremely small changes, chaos. Who says it's chaos? The only people that cannot see the simplicity, the parsimony in any situation are the ones that are in the thick of it. You wouldn't know if the forest is five trees deep when you're in the forest. But if you can stand on the moon and look down, you can see how big the forest is. And so, again, removing one from the situation and stepping back allows you for a clearer perspective. And this is how you are able to see that chaos only exists when you try to control things. And by controlling things, your determinations or your predictions that are done while you are in space, in time, and are that of matter will only allow you to see those predictions through those eyes. The minute you remove yourself and try to place yourself out of time, space, and matter, you can see everything. Find out the exact parameters of the real world with zero margin of error, such as knowing the temperature of a room to infinite decimal places, and any small differences in the initial conditions will gradually become larger and larger differences. As a result, one of the most important tasks when dealing with chaos is to find out after what period of time is it simply not worth it to predict the future. 
But chaos goes much deeper than simply being unpredictable. The whole phenomenon and field of study of chaos has its roots in differential equations and dynamical systems. The very language that is used to describe how any physical system evolves in the real world. This video aims to tell the story of chaos step by step, from simple non-chaotic systems to different types of attractors, to fractal spaces and the language of unpredictability. A dynamical system involves one or more variables that change over time according to autonomous differential equations. For example, let's say there is a system that has two variables x and y. x dot is the rate of change of x as time changes, and y dot is the rate of change of y as time changes. Keep in mind that even though it doesn't show it, x and y depend on the independence variable of t, which stands for time. And this dot notation is special in that it can only be used when the independent variable is time. However, notice how the differential equations that describe x dot and y dot don't actually involve t and only contain x and y as variables. This makes them autonomous. Each combination of x and y only corresponds to one combination of x dot and y dot. As a result, there is a very convenient geometrical and visual way of representing a dynamical system, known as the phase space. This is a Cartesian space where the axes are the system's variables. Each point in the space is a unique state of the system and has its own rate of change which can be shown as a vector. For this specific system shown, the vector field looks like this. Let's scatter a bunch of random points around to represent different possible states and see how they evolve and move around. It seems like they all spiral towards the center. This brings us to our next topic. An attractor is a set of points in the phase space which attracts all the trajectories in a certain area surrounding it, known as the basin of attraction. Here, the attractor is just the origin, and the basin of attraction is every point in the space. Notice that at the origin where x equals 0 and y equals 0, x dot and y dot equals 0 too. That makes it a fixed point because any point there will stay there forever due to it having a rate of change of 0. Since it's also an attractor, it's a fixed point attractor. Trajectories that get sucked into any attractor never get to escape. This seems to reflect some sort of inevitability and predictability, that the system will always end up a certain way no matter what. How could this be related to chaos? Well, don't worry, there's also other types of attractors. There was a time when computers were made using vacuum tubes. Balthazar van der Poel worked as an electrical engineer at Philips during the 1920s, and it was while studying vacuum tubes that he stumbled upon a system of differential equations that exhibited some interesting behavior, and would later be known as the van der Poel oscillator. The original equations had a parameter that x dot was multiplied with and y dot was divided by, but here the parameter has been chosen to be 1 for a simpler set of equations. If we plot this system's phase plane, we can see that interestingly, 
Trajectories everywhere seem to approach this loop around the origin. This loop is known as a limit cycle attractor and is an important example that shows us that the attraction of trajectories does not necessarily have to result in the trajectory stopping at a singular point. Limit cycles are often characterized by physical phenomena that involve some sort of oscillation and van der Poel's equations are no different. Other than electrical circuits, they have been used to model things like two tectonic plates at a geological fault or the mechanics of human vocal cords. But this is still not quite chaotic. There's two more ingredients. In 1963, meteorologist Edward Lorenz was developing a simulation for atmospheric conditions which involved 12 changing variables and found that tiny differences in the initial values resulted in disproportionately big differences in the state of the variables just a short time after. Curious about this, Lorenz spent some time simplifying his simulation to only have three variables but still display this sensitive dependence on initial conditions. The simplified model describes convection cycles in the atmosphere and is now known as the Lorentz system. It's the poster child of chaos theory and is sometimes almost synonymous with the butterfly effect or the field of chaos theory itself. It even looks like a butterfly. The Lorentz equations have a few parameters that can be tweaked to alter the behavior of the system, but we'll be using values of 28, 10, and 8 over 3. This is what's known as a strange attractor, and here's what that means. A strange attractor is one that has a fractal structure. No point in the space is ever visited more than once by the same trajectory. If that happens, the trajectory would travel in a predictable loop. And no two trajectories will ever intersect. If that happens, they would merge into the same path, giving two different sets of initial conditions the same outcome. Think about what that means. A single trajectory will visit an infinite number of points in this limited space, and this limited space will have an infinite number of trajectories. Now, trajectories are just curves, so they should be one-dimensional, right? But how come no matter how much you zoom in on this attractor, you can always find more and more trajectories everywhere? That's why this attractor is said to have a non-integer dimension. It's made up of infinitely long curves in a finite space, which are so detailed that they start to partially fill up higher dimensions. It's not one-dimensional, two-dimensional, or three-dimensional. Its dimension is somewhere in between. As a result of this non-integer dimension and detail at arbitrarily small scales, the set of points in the Lorenz attractor is a fractal space. And that's why it's a strange attractor. A strange attractor isn't necessarily chaotic, but a chaotic attractor will always be strange. And the Lorenz attractor is a strange chaotic attractor. Watch what happens when I highlight two trajectories that are initially a very small distance apart. It doesn't take long for them to diverge so much as to be on completely different paths. It turns out that in the early stages of this divergence, when the two trajectories are close to each other, the distance between them increases exponentially. After a time of t, the resulting difference is the initial difference times e to the power of lambda t. Up until a certain point, of course, since the attractor is only so big. 
Here, lambda stands for an important value known as the Lyapunov exponent. Since it's a factor of the exponent of e, if it's positive, then any distance between trajectories will increase exponentially. If it's equal to zero, then the distance will stay constant, and if it's negative, then the distance will converge to zero. There isn't a way to find the Lyapunov exponent by just looking at the equations. It is measured by actually running the simulation, keeping track of many pairs of trajectories, and finding the average rate of change in their distance. But it provides a simple metric to communicate how chaotic a system is. As long as the Lyapunov exponent is larger than zero, the attractor will be chaotic, and it's equal to about 0.9 for the Lorenz attractor. That's how we can figure out the duration of time in which predictions are valid, otherwise known as the predictability horizon. Okay, so I wanted you guys, see a lot of you thought that you don't understand math. How many of you understand it now? Math is the language of the universe, but there again, it simply tells you something that we've been talking about, and I'll show it to you in the graphs. So it said here that if they start at the same point, as long as the constant that they say, which is how similar the two futures are, is greater than zero, then it, they will separate. You will, it'll be all one and then boom, separate line, right? And then, hold on. If you find them to be equal to zero, then they're going to be parallel, right? And just keep going on and on and on. But if it's less than zero, well, then what happens? They get to zero, which means nothing. Nothing. What does nothing mean? We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. You should think about it on yourself before someone imposes answers upon you. So as you can see, it looks quite fantastic, right? And you have to say what you are watching on your screen are two Endless spirals, maybe a black hole and a quasar, <laughs> right? One of them sucks up all the light and stars and the other one spits them all out, right? Maybe that's what you see in front of you like a butterfly, hence the butterfly effect. Because they're so close and yet so far and can be going in multiple different directions. But both of them can be going in different directions and still exist to meet somewhere else. And apparently, if the constant is greater than zero, but less than one, you can predict. And that's on a two-dimensional, three-dimensional scale. Because do you know that if you take this and you put it on a z-axis as well, what you're going to observe is the heartbeat. So this, this is showing you how change happens to communicate how chaotic a system is as long as the lyapunov exponent is larger than zero the attractor will be chaotic and it's equal to about 0.9 for the lorenz attractor that's how we can figure out the duration of time in which predictions are valid otherwise known as the predictability horizon rearranging the previous equation we can see that this is how it can be found given the initial error delta zero and a maximum error that we are willing to allow, A. In the Lorenz system, after a time of just 10, any error would have multiplied by more than 8,000. 
So you get an idea of how hard it is to make accurate predictions over long periods of time with this exponential divergence. Let's say you had a simulation that predicts where ocean currents flow, and you wanted to keep the error less than 1,000 meters. If you ran it twice, once with an initial error of 1 meter, and once with an initial error that was a million times smaller at 1 micrometer, how much longer do you think the simulation with the smaller error would stay below the margin of error? Well, let's write the expressions for the two predictability horizons and put them in a fraction, simplify a little bit, use some logarithm rules, and it's three times longer. A million times more accurate, and your simulation would be valid for, let's say, nine days instead of three days. This is the type of difficulty that any chaotic system presents in its simulation. The solar system's predictability horizon is not more than a few million years under current technology, not even a tenth of the time period between humans and dinosaurs. The Earth's atmosphere and weather is incredibly hard to predict accurately for more than a week. Perhaps people will just have to keep tuning into the forecast every day, and our home is unlikely to be colonized by an intergalactic alien civilization. Is that a good thing? I'll leave that for you to decide. Personally, I think there's something beautiful about the fact that we'll never be able to know exactly what's to come in the future. As Master Ugoi says, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. That is actually a nice saying, but the present is what shapes your future. So where and why is this important? For all of you that are in the thick of it right now, not understanding what's going on, there's people that don't understand. Why are we talking about this? Like, for example, why are we talking about Facebook? Why are we talking about South Africa? Why are we talking about Twitter? Why are we talking about Hunter Biden's laptop? Why are we talking about all these things? See, when people ask these questions and don't step back and see the bigger picture, right? I'm sorry. They just don't get it. See, in, a, in an era that people have been conditioned for instantaneous responses, answers, and gratification, they have the advantage. In order to be able to ensure that our nation remains free, we need to ensure that our judicial system is working. Because if your judicial system is not working, then there is no point in fighting anything else. I, myself, have been through a judicial system, three judges, that did nothing about justice. In fact, they did everything about interests. You have seen that the justice system has not been working over the four years that we had President Trump in official office. Right? You've seen that. Across the nation, people were burning down buildings, setting fires, committing murders, and none of them were held accountable. And yet those that may have been overexcited following people that are the unseen enemy, the ones that tell you all the nice things you want to hear. 
are out free. In fact, they're out there making cell phones. So for those of you that are short-sighted and don't understand why it's very important that we speak of every single crime, documented crime that we see, you will be on the wrong side very soon. As I've said, the only freedom we have is that on paper. The only way that we can ensure that we can systematically rectify a broken judicial system is to use the courts, use the laws, and stand by them. That is the only way we do it. In Arizona, the audit happened. They did it by the book, right? Completely by the book. Made sure that every T was crossed, every I was dotted. In order to demonstrate the fraud. I mean, the fraud should have been demonstrated by the fact that the company that was hired by the United States of America and those that drafted the contracts with Dominion voting machines will not hand over the keys for people to see what happened. That should tell you everything you need to know. But unfortunately, that's not written in stone. It's not written in the law or in any of the contracts that say you need to hand us over access to such things. So while we're battling the judicial system to accept audits, we should also be making as much noise as possible to say, hold on a second. There have been crimes happening, and in this laptop, in these phones, we have found an immense amount of evidence of crimes against humanity, crimes against children, and crimes against the people of the United States of America. That the previous administration, President Barack Hussein Obama and his vice president, Joe Biden, violated for over eight years the trust of the American people. They usurped our nation. They raped our federal taxes. So for anyone that thinks they know better and that this shouldn't be discussed, they're not on the side of fixing things. Now, one may say they are just too stupid. Others may say that they just have an ego, but I say 90% of them are not working for you. It is important that these things are brought to light. It is important that they're put forward. Today, Washington, D.C., please, hold on, let me get it so I can send it to you. Today, um, D.C. police got notification. I'm trying to find it. Where'd it go? That there were going to be riots. And how they organized them. And who's going to be doing them. It was all put together. So someone did a good deed today. And ratted out people 
who are going to actually commit crimes in advance. And we have evidence of that. So if Washington, D.C. doesn't do it, it doesn't protect the people, and we see a crime executed, that's documented evidence that can be taken to court. See, documented evidence makes more of an argument than anything else. I sit here and complain <laughs> because that's the human side of me, right? The, the, it's not like complaining, like nagging, but you know how a child will complain of why me, you know, those, those children that are sitting at home right now you know, while the mom's shooting up in her arm in the bathroom and they've got goldfish crackers on the floor and they're eating from that, right? They're complaining. They're saying, why can't I have someone that's feeding me food, like regular food? Um, why, why can't I just have love, right? That kind of complaining. Because I complain all the time. My affidavit had everything. It was documented. It was an affidavit that could have been used to subpoena things, to do things. I said so many things. But I do realize that uh, that is there in place to show his grace later because they needed it documented. Documentation, evidence, says a lot more and is a lot harder to cast aside than simply affidavits. Apparently, you know, judges in Michigan were like, hey, those people signed a sworn affidavit that they saw these people do it, but that's not credible enough. So saying what you saw now in the eyes of that judge is not important evidence. And so the evidence that we have in our possession, while so many people and Hunter Biden, who cares? Why are they talking about the artwork? Because they know there's money laundering, but they're not telling you how it happened. They're not telling you who was involved, where the money was going. I will. Because people are so twisted and sick. They actually think it's something we shouldn't talk about. Huh? We haven't even started. How could you even say that? It's disgusting. Children on that laptop crimes on that laptop. And it wasn't just one laptop. It was many in one. It wasn't just his phone. It was many in one. So I, I, I do not see how people can't see past egos and rhetoric that are being pushed to understand that if you're only free on paper, it's only paper that can save you. That is the strength you have. That is how you put it through. The Bidens are not super masterminds. They're the intermediaries between two big groups. Don't you get it yet? They tie in two of the biggest mobster gangs on the planet. Don't you get it yet? Everyone's hyper-focused on a national scale, on the stupidest shit ever. People really think that the American flag with the blue stripe was created by patriots. 
It was not. It was created by the same people that did Black Lives Matter. BLM, BLM, kept you real busy, didn't it? That's the problem that we have, the short-sightedness of people. The inability to see past their own egos, right? It's insane. It's so insane. Unity is what's important because it's harder to break a bundle of sticks at once than it is one. And when you see that people are singling out or putting, you know, oh, no, 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 we should like break. How many times have you seen a movie where they're like, let's split up? And it's like, yep, you're all fucked now. That's basically it. And that is exactly what is happening across the planet amongst many groups. Uh, in the in Greece, where you saw this massive turnout of people, there were less people than they expected. Why? There were people in there that were like, yeah, 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 we shouldn't force vaccinate, but maybe we should do this. Protesting, stupid. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't tell them like this. Maybe we should just go to the EU human rights courts, you know, the people that actually gave it. And out of a hundred people, let's say, 50 went the other way. And it's like, why would you do that? Why would you suddenly think that the people that said, let's, let's make our presence shown so the world can see us. And then we will do this, right? Why do you see that? Now the anarchists have already started. So now there's going to be a hot mess in Greece because this is what happens. People have egos and they allow the evil to come in. And while they think that they are working for good, when it's too late, you realize that you're on the wrong side of the fence. You should have been with the toothless guy, the donut shop owner, the mom, the single mom. You need to make sure that you stick together. The president has said that too. The left sticks together, but we don't. They stick together on bullshit and we don't. How can you not see it? How can you justify actions? You know, I, I can't even explain to you what an existential threat you are. There are literally people that were part of the Guardian group that are working with other groups outside of Tory Says, from before Tory Says, the, you know, where you guys created your own and have pulled them apart They've taken their information and boom, there it is. They're gone. And then suddenly the existential threat is not an existential threat no more. Not at all. Because you don't stick together. You have the cool kids, the, oh, I know best kids. No, no, no. This person, this, this, that, right? We have white hats running these groups, that have been testing everything. I think I shared a post from the Texas group where they were testing ways of doing things, right? To see how things work. I see everything. But what I do see is that people fall into the same issues and maybe this is why they need to hang heads in shame. They need the boot on the face across the planet because people will never learn. The minute... They have to make concessions or 
Just say I'm trusting the process, right? They walk away. You know, they literally walk away. It's really sad. And and this is going around the world. I mean, in France, they've been segregated. In South Africa, they're segregating them. This is how they do it. It's extremely sad to see this happening again and again and again. It's on repeat throughout history. When the people unite, one fish is like, well, fuck you, fishies. I don't want to just keep swimming because we're not getting anywhere. I'm going to go over here. And then suddenly more fish break off. And then that fish, that group of fish, that school of fish are no more. And it only takes one idiot. Now, this happens all the time. And this is why I'm saying uh, when you focus and you see that they're circle jerking, that's a tight knit group. So whatever they do and whatever they say, they will thump and they are solid. They don't give a shit who they tear, who they silence, who they walk over. They don't. They're just. And that shows you the intention. Right. Shows you the intention. Now, when there's tight knit groups, amazing things happen. So today, uh, there was something that I found um, that was quite interesting. Joe Biden and, and Obama, obviously via Hunter, I found a company that's still operating within the United States that is theirs. Guess what? Running under a Chinese banner. Now, I went into the stateroom and was like, hey, I know it's there. I see the paperwork. It's online. Anybody around that city so we can get some eyes on it? I just want to make sure that company is still there, right? Well, there you go. They were there. They just walked their puppy, cat, parrot, whatever it was, and boom, evidence. All they needed to do was see, is that company there, yes or no? And they did it. This is how teamwork works. I mean, I couldn't be in that time zone, in that state. Somebody else was there. I see all these messages from all of you. Why are they sharing this person's stuff? Why are they sharing that? It doesn't matter. You should be sharing your own stuff. And when uh, any of you get um, spotlighted, like the mom in Ohio, the one in New York, um, you know, from Florida, right? When you guys are spotlighted, you should congratulate every single person that was in that group with you. Every single one. From the one that would do the spell checks to the one that would, you know, find something to the one that would make a phone call to the one that would just share pictures or say, wait, I I can, I can take a look at this or I'll just walk around the corner and do this because I'm not very good at paperwork, but I'll walk down the corner and see if this is there. Everybody has a role to play regardless. But when you see how they infiltrate your groups, you are going to freak out. Because it's so well coordinated, so well put together that they will even make you, who's straight and narrow, think that you're doing the right thing by jumping ship from your team to go somewhere else. This is the thing. Teamwork. What is it? Teamworks make the dream works, right? You know, if you want things to fix, you got to work harder together. There's got to be that glue, that cohesion. Don't sit there and bitch because shit's not getting done. What are you doing? Sharing Pepe memes? Is that helping? Is that going to help? Sharing memes, complaining is going to help? Hmm? 
what's going to help? Getting together and working together. I mean, it was the most incredible thing that I saw today when the person was there, two of them, let's do it. I mean, how many of you have cell phones and an email? I guess all of you. Every single day, you can remind yourself to call three people in your state and just piss them off and tell them, dude, because they have to document every single one. Every single day, you could be sending an email to every single one. See, the one thing people need to understand is in order to get the outcome you want, which is to take out the enemies of love, compassion, and those that are tearing down our nation from the inside out, you got to stick together. I am pretty sure that, that, that one time that I had like video, cause I couldn't fix something where I was with Bergie and everyone else in New York, you guys saw the dynamic between me and Patrick. We throttle each other like on the throat, right? Like we're ready to kill each other. Okay. We see eye to eye in a lot of things, but we definitely do not see eye to eye on a majority of things. But the one thing we have between us is honesty and we expect the other person to do the same. And what keeps us going is that we have our eye on the ball, which is what? This isn't a game, guys. This is about our nation. This is about my kids' futures and their kids' future. And that's how you get it done. I don't agree with half the shit he says, <laughs> but I agree with his goal. And he knows that there is no undersided sleight of hand trying to get an advantage, nothing. He knows that it's one thing. I really don't care. We have a common enemy and we work together perfectly. And that's how you guys should be. No one else is fighting the enemy better than you. If you think that someone that has oohs and ahs and a fake following, then you're going to see how that happens. You're wrong. They're purposely built up to distract you. Purposely built up to distract you. If people would only say, gosh, you know, Beth is so stupid. Like she can't even do anything. It doesn't matter. What is Beth good at? I don't know. She's just there and she's like, I don't know how to do this. So help her write the whole damn thing. Have someone else proof it and make it idiot proof for her. If Beth isn't capable, I'm pretty sure she's capable of copy pasting and sending. And I'm pretty sure she's capable. If you encourage her to be capable, no one is incompetent. No one is stupid. Everyone has the same potential. You guys have the same six inches between your ears. You just don't know how to use it. And everybody has it at a different degree. You know, how many, the math that we went through now, right? A hundred of you watched it. 90 of you, the minute it started, we're like, fuck, I hate this. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh shit, totally get it now. I get it. I totally get it. Why? Because everybody has the same potential. Every single person has the same potential. So no one is better than another. <laughs> You'll be surprised. You'll be very surprised just how amazing everyone is. Because it's like that picture. You've got a cliff with a little gap and you're crossing that little gap and you got a stick. First two people on the other side of the gap. The third person is dangling over the gap, holding the stick. Two people behind him, holding him. We're supposed to be supporting each other. And that's how 
America was intended to be, that we support each other, that we as a unit collectively support our nation. That was the premise that we trust that our neighbor will be there in times of need. Like how many of you have a neighbor that you can go over and say, yo, can I get a cup of sugar? How many of you would actually do that? You should ask yourself that. I I don't need an answer. I know I go. Worst thing scenario. They look at me all funny. And it's like, what the fuck? 1960 called and they want their life back. See, the one thing we should do is treat people the way we see ourselves. And if you see yourself as someone that loves this nation, that wants an amazing future, we have to respect people that don't see eye to eye to. We have to treat people not, see, a lot of people say treat people like you would want them to treat you. Yeah, you know, I think that's fake. You know, I think it's, you know, everyone treats people the way they are. The way you treat people is a reflection of you. How do I say this? There are many times that I'm pissed. Maybe it's the time of the month. Oh, here's a great example. And it's quite funny. So it's almost that time of the month for women, right? And you know how we get, right? Hormones and stuff. So I asked my daughter, hey, do we have like any feminine products? (laughs) Did you not? Okay. She comes to me and she's like, hey, I I got this last time I went to Walgreens. Um, But I got the small, medium and the large, extra large. I think it'll fit you. And I was like, extra large? What? Like in like pads? Like you can get them size now? (laughs) They have sizes? So my response to her was like, okay, just hear me out. Okay. This is, this is quite personal, but funny. I'm like, all right, so you got this. What, how many did you get? You didn't come with me to Costco where I get water and stuff. The box was massive, you guys. And for you guys that have ever bought feminine products for your women or whatever. Okay. Maybe there's like a little big, this looked like a big box. Okay. I was like, what the what's in here? Like, how many did you get? Like who's dying and bleeding out? So she's like, yeah, they're pretty cool. So she, she's like, yeah, you just check it out. And I was like, well, okay, I don't need it now. I just know that it's around that time. I just want to know if I need to get it. And she was like, yeah, you should see it. It's cool. So out of curiosity, you guys, I open up the box and I see something black. Right. And I, and I take it guys, it was fucking diapers rebranded as period pads. I kid you not period diapers. And now I treat my daughter with utmost respect. Right. And I love my child, but at that time it reflected my anger and my shock of the stupidity that she looked at me and, and I said, this is a diaper. She said, no, no, no. It's a period thing. Look, it says always it's, it's for period. And it clearly does say it's for period. (laughs) It does. I said, honey, what's inside of it? Yeah, it's cotton stuff. You can wear it. It's like enough, like as if it's like six pads. So you don't leak anywhere. And she's like totally giving me the pitch. I was so 
angry that she had spent in, in the fact that I didn't even ask about it is even worse. I just assumed that the medication <laughs> was expensive, but they're overnight diapers. You know, they're literally diapers in a black box. It says always and says period. Right. And it's at that point that I'd lost my shit completely. Um, that she'd not got one box, but she got two because she didn't know what size she was. You know, obviously where's the concept of money. Right. And this is where I flipped the switch and I freaked out. Right. But did I treat her not nicely? Oh yeah, definitely said some things that she was like, damn, she would have preferred the abuela pick up your slipper and throw it across the room thing. You have no idea how I blew up and that's so wrong. Right. How could you say that? I called her <laughs> any name in the book one, cause she just spent almost close to like, you know, $60 on two boxes of diapers, right? Of diapers. And then was trying to convince me that they're not diapers. Right. And so treat others like you want others to treat you. I don't think that if I made such a stupid mistake or if I was so naive that I'd want someone to talk to me the way I did to her. Right. But it shows. <laughs> but the way you treat others is the state you are in. That's what I wanted to get to with the <laughs> with the diaper store. And seriously, guys, I kid you not. Next time you're in the pharmacy, go check it out in the feminine section. Literally, they've rebranded diapers as fucking pads. I'm just like whatever. So the way you treat others is you. It's a reflection of you always. Okay. Of your state at that time, at that point, I was, I had zero tolerance for stupidity and I was very, um, very irate. <laughs> she just, her mouth was just hanging open. <laughs> like, uh. So, you know, obviously I'm going to go and buy urinary incontinence diapers in various colors so she can match her clothes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> um, Anger, uh, cordialness, kindness, flirtiness, um, deception, all of these things are the state that you're in, right? So in this time that we are in, it is a time of war. And in a time of war, things aren't as simple as we'd like them to be, right? They're not as simple as <clears throat> these are diapers. Nobody cares what the box says. It's still a fucking diaper, right? Um, it's a diaper done. Nobody cares inside the box can say whatever. So it's the packaging. This is what I was trying to <laughs> the packaging, right? Says something, but inside it's the same thing, right? So when you, see a message that's packaged in a different box, but inside it's still a diaper. No matter how many times you try to convince yourself it's not, it's still a fucking diaper, right? So right now, everyone is presented with these period boxes in front of them across America with, here's the idea of how we're going to fix this nation. We're going to focus on this today because that's going to help. We're going to focus on this today because that's going to help. Those are all period boxes with fucking diapers inside.
Okay. What you need to do is focus on the things that are not rebranded in different boxes, but still diapers, right? Because that's what I see everywhere on news channels, on social media channels. You know, when I was talking with um, my Taiwanese slash Chinese slash Hong Kong base on WeChat earlier, um, what they realized was that they were getting duped, right? They were completely getting duped by certain groups that are not organizing officially because you can't do that shit in China, right? But what they're doing is they're trying to create underground Christian groups that are against the Christian version that China has set, right? They've, they've totally, um, uh, they're trying to create their own churches, right? Um, underground. And what they noticed was as groups, as they were organizing, they noticed that people would put like a, a, a thought forward. These random people would turn up and they would put a thought forward. And then when they'd go in there, it would be the same Chinese Christianity. So they were sucked in there with their identity. So they were fucked. They couldn't go back. So they were allured by a period box. And inside it was the same fucking diaper, just rebranded. So this is the problem. Everyone keeps seeing new rebranded shit of what to focus on. And inside, inside, it's not a period thing. It's, it's a freaking diaper. That's the point. And the more you sit back and you realize that you're just going into the same direction, you're going to realize everything's a diaper. It's not tangible to say, well, you know, it's not really a diaper because it's black in color. That's number one. So it's definitely not a diaper. You know, I should post pictures. I should totally. Oh my gosh. I don't want to be off topic because I'm so, oh my gosh. It's a fucking diaper. But what I'm trying to say is with all these movements, you know, that people are supposedly doing something and they're not doing anything. They're literally not doing anything. They're reporting news that was news months ago. They're reiterating things that have already been done. They're getting journalists. Dude, I saw it in a state group. I haven't even told the moderators about this because I'm still watching it. And I know that two of them are actually in the Twitch chat right now. <laughs> there was a group that was working on their quo warrantos, right? And then this guy comes in, uh, you know, the guy, gal, whatever, you know, it's a, it's a sterile word that I'm using. Um, and they start saying, okay, um, yeah, you know, they're not really doing anything and Tori's not giving us anything. You know, it's like, she wants us to do all the work, right? I kid you not. So I've been watching this, right? No problem. And then suddenly I see them, him say, well, I got it. We're going to be doing the whole, you know, Warranto. I got it. We got this dude. They all left. And the person is literally taking all their information and they are going to nail them. Now I'm collecting that information to help them, but the person has put them to the side. So that way he or she can collect more data on other people. I can't sit there and tell them anything. Cause I don't know who these people are and I'm not going to pry into anyone's, but I'm telling you to understand this. If there is a person that literally tells you, oh, we're not doing enough here, come over here, red flag. And that reporter writes for a very large mainstream thing.
And those two people that I'm referring to talk to me all the time on DMs. So I see everything. And, you know, even though I say nothing, it's because it's not my fight to fight. That's yours. My fight, I've got my eye on the prize. My fight is to make sure that I can give you the tools as much as I can without spoon feeding. Because I'm not allowed to change the way things are. There's something called free will. I mean, even Vice, when they did the hit piece on me, said that they were sitting in the groups for months, having conversations with people. Hello? Did you not read that hit piece? Did you not read that hit piece? You don't know who is on the other side. You don't. So that's what you need to understand. That they know that they're fucked the minute you guys stay together. They know it's about to rain down real hard. So I watch everything. I see everything. And when you decide that you need to step aside and maybe revamp, that's where you fail. How many times have you seen the stragglers in the movie fail? That's what happens. So in that, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Quick break. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams Been haunted by a million screams But I can hear the marching feet Moving into the street now, did you read the news today? You say the danger's gone away But I can see the fire still alive Burning into the night There's too many men Too many people Making too many problems And not much love to go around Can't you see this is the land of confusion? But this is the world we live in And these are the hands we give on Use them and let's start trying To make it a place worth living in Having said that, that infiltration is unavoidable. Do you know how we infiltrated other factions of the left from federal employees to granola munching idiots to whatever? Anonymity. You have state groups, right? Then why aren't you guys hanging out? Is everyone so far apart that they don't? I know that the North Dakota group gets together. I know that a couple people in other states get together. Why aren't you guys getting together? That's the question you should ask yourself. I know there's a lot of Zoom calls and everything, but maybe it's time to take it to that step now because it's going to be very necessary coming forward. If people aren't interested to meet up, 
that's a big difference. You know, why not? If you're right around the corner, I have no problem meeting up with my Cleveland peeps. None whatsoever. I know I'm really busy and I have to be in one location for a period of time, but I have no problem meeting up with people in my state. Why do people in states where they have sequestration, like today, those two patriots, I think it was one, maybe two, that actually went to where they met up together. They were like, yeah, yo, let's go. That's how you do it. Why not? Do you just want to stay online and talk in your PJs? Why don't you just go out or go over, you know, out somewhere public, like a Panera or something? I'm just saying Panera because I really like their salads. Um, (laughs) But just go somewhere. Why are you not there? I mean, all of us are probably going to Manhattan together, right? We're just going to go there and maybe, I don't know, just just be there and eat together, right? At some point in August, I guess. Getting together is a big deal. People don't do that anymore. You don't need to go to any place that's specific, right? Just be like, dude, I'm at home. I can sit at home and have coffee and smoke cigarettes and be on Telegram, or you know what? I'm going to be down at the park with my coffee, my sunglasses, because it's good weather right now. Want to go hang out? That's basically it. You guys are connected, completely connected. And guess what? That's where you can have very candid conversations too. So, You know, even if your state is open or not, because I think Illinois just shut down again, right? You can get together. You can go over somebody's place. I mean, you don't even have to do a place. You know what? They have uh, office spaces that they rent. You can meet at a lobby of a hotel. They don't know if you're staying there or not, right? You just go there. If you're like, where are you? I don't know. You know, just go to a lobby of a hotel. Why are you... Waiting for what? Get together. Merge. Be a community. We're doing it online. Time to make it a reality. And hang out. And put a face to the name. Boom. Not just on your your Zoom chats. Now, there are people that are really far away and they can't do it. You know, like, I know, for example, like the North Dakota group. (laughs) There's a lot of people that have like a couple hundred miles between them. It's actually quite a big state and it's very rural, right? But I mean, there's three people in one city. They could get together. And I know they do. You know, there's people in Louisiana that get together in that state that helped me that get together in Texas. I'm sure. Right. That's what's up. It's all about walking the walk. Your community get together, do stuff together, do stuff together. Stay within your counties. Where is it? 40 minutes away. That's a pretty reasonable thing. Once a week, once a month. Once every two weeks, whatever, get together, see each other. Now you've come to that point that you have that uh, cyber location to meet. Now meet in person and get it done. Support each other. Be there for each other. Talk. That's how change is made. So first you created your own groups. Now you're talking. You've been infiltrated. When I tell you, when you see how this happens, oh man, and the accounts that they're linked to, you'll be like, now we see why you're upset, Tori. Now we see why you're so 
unapologetic about it. Right. So there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, I, I, you know what, starting, um, starting next month, whenever I'm going to a state or city, I'll, um, I'll let you guys know. So that way we can hook up. I know, um, I've said, um, we should all get, get together, but we could like all meet up. I had so much fun meeting up with people in Sarasota. I wish I saw a bunch of other people too, just to hang out. Cause we're all what striving for the same goal, right? We're all striving to maintain the foundations of a nation that have been ripped apart from, from us for over a century. And we haven't realized it. It has happened over a couple of generations. It didn't just happen yesterday. It's just that here's the, the thing. <laughs> The generation between 1965, I guess, and 1990, were in that transition phase into technology. So it was the worst point in time for them to accelerate because they had generations in there that didn't have the tech, were raised by those that didn't have the tech, and then had the tech, which makes them very adaptable, but very smart. And this is key. Anyone born after 1990 pretty much is useless, right? Because they don't know what it was like to be stuck on the phone with a wire. Some of them don't know that TVs weren't always color, you know, and that they were like small, like five inches at some point, right? Radio, what's that? Mixtapes, hello, so what, right? Or that you actually had to work. That's another thing. So, it's important to understand that they picked it wrong. They picked it wrong. They thought that they had done a good enough job because that generation of people had integrated into the society the way they saw it. But the bifurcation happened then. You see, that's what happens. We're at that bifurcation stage. That that period had the people of the bifurcation. And this is the bifurcation we saw and talked about in the mathematics of predictions that's what happened. And this is why they're losing grip. And this is why it's important to strike. And what do we do? We go back to the roots, which is what? Community. We go back to the roots, which is what? Pen and paper. Nothing else. Remember, you guys put the Trump one signs at the baseball and football games. You put the Trump one in the water, in the air, and on billboards. I told you it was $120 million. You're starting to see that come out, aren't you? You did that. No one else did it. You did. It wasn't the big channels, right? It wasn't the ones that had a shit ton of money to throw at it, right? It wasn't the ones with the big followings, right? They just did like sexy memes and oohs and ahs, right? It was you. People like you and myself who went through loss of job, unemployment, uh, you know, losing everything, working to make ends meet, right? You did that. Not those that are making millions right now, sitting pretty on a television set or behind a microphone. You did. So it's time to take it to the next step, which is let's get together. The hands across America thing was important because you don't need your phones. You guys can actually get some Faraday fabric, Line a box, throw all your fucking devices in there, and hang out at the park and just talk. 
and share ideas. Everybody has a perspective, no matter what education they have, zero education, a hundred education, nobody cares. You sit down and you have a conversation because you're part of that community. And then you guys have a conversation with someone else. The next time you meet, you can bring your neighbor or someone random from church. Hey, you want to come for coffee? We're talking about what we can do if they're interested. The problem is that people aren't interested anymore. They really don't care about their existence. And we should start making them care. We should start making them say, hey, I want that human contact. Hey, I want that um activity within my community. A lot of people just don't want to because they've realized what I've said from the beginning. I I don't like people because they're evil. So, uh, you know, it's important that you guys reach out to each other. It's important that you stick together and it's important you embrace each other. You know, you could just do anything. It's important. How many of you that have been to rallies felt amazing being around people that thought like you, that felt like you? Tons of you, right? You love the energy at the rallies, right? You love it. Why? Because you're like, damn, there's more people like me. Well, you've got state groups, guys. You've got country groups. There's India group, South Africa groups, Canada group. If you're close to each other, get together. It's freaking amazing. Freaking amazing, isn't it? When everyone gets together, could you imagine how amazing it's going to be when we go to Manhattan? I mean, it's going to be super, super dope. Right? It's going to be all love, super dope. That's the next step. I mean, we've got another, <laughs> another one year and one, two, three, four. Yeah, so less than a year and a half to go. Okay, 14, 15 months left of this. And it's going to get really bad. It's going to be really, really bad. But it's going to get better. Because you'll have your own mini rallies together. Anywhere. You have state groups. Get together. Dude, what are you doing? It's Saturday tomorrow. What are you doing? Well, you know, I don't have much money. doesn't matter. I'm sure that if you get together, the other person that might have an extra dollar, definitely able to buy you a coffee. Nobody cares. Let's hang out. You don't need money to go hang out. Those of you that are in places like, you know, that have a beach, freaking hell, just go for a beach. Oh, I don't want to take my body out. Dude, I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> but, you know, just do something. Get together. And have candid talk and engagement. That's that's it. You know, that's it. It doesn't take long to get together. Now, let's um, do a little bit of a cartwheel, okay? Because we've said that there's nothing is impossible, right? We know that nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. Now... Have you ever heard about the psychology of chaos theory? Mm. See, this is why it's important you have proximity to things, right? Isn't it less complicated when you see something or you can feel it? Could you imagine someone explaining to you 3D printing? You'd be like, so this string comes out of this thing and then it stacks appropriately and makes something. I'm not getting it. But if you see it, you're like, oh, I totally get it, right? Well, here is the psychology of the chaos theory the science and psychology behind it, right? 
it's pretty cool. Very interesting. And I think you guys are actually going to love this clip. I left it for last because this is exactly the plays that are being used on you now. Here we go. Chaos theory, uh, broadly uh, defined, is extreme sensitivity to initial conditions. That given a very small difference in initial conditions, the same system will behave after a very short time totally differently. I think the chaos theory in psychology is not that different from a, 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 a physics viewpoint, except that we have the human component. Um, chaos basically says, can we make a long-term prediction of any kind of a system? Which brings us to the notion of the butterfly effect, a seemingly insignificant event that causes a chain of events over time that create unpredictable outcomes. Well, all of life is unpredictable, but who's to say what is an insignificant event? With the chaos theory, there are so many infinite possibilities that it, it's very, very difficult to say, oh yeah, because your mother did this to you as a child, and because of your potty training when you were two, this is the effect. It is not linear. The chaos theory, if it were linear, would be very easy to deal with in terms of a psychotherapy, but it's not linear. It has to do with a, a, a tremendous and infinite complex number of things within the system that occurred back at the time that that person is going back to. Edward Lorenz was a professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology who studied the dynamics of atmospheres, in particular the Earth's atmosphere. And he made a simple model of the Earth's atmospheric dynamics, or at least he abstracted a simple mathematical model which contained some essential features of the dynamics of atmospheres. And yet this atmosphere, or this atmosphere model, this toy model, was capable of exhibiting chaotic behavior. Now you'll see a type of motion it's very clearly unpredictable, irregular. This is chaotic motion. So we start off with the pendulum undergoing what looks like initially somewhat regular motion. And then all of a sudden, the lower ball starts sinking, and this enables the upper one to swing over the top into circulation. And very rapidly, in less than half a minute, the bottom pendulum and the top pendulum separate and do their independent dances. Again, I want to emphasize that what we are looking at are two independent motions of identical dynamical systems that were started with very close but not exactly the same initial conditions. And over a very, very short time, only over a few swings, they diverged completely from each other in behavior. Without a doubt, chaos is a natural state of affairs of human beings. We, we often think about control in our lives. As a matter of fact, the existential viewpoint is that we're not born, but we're thrown into the world. We're thrown into a rather chaotic world. Now, chaos I'm using here more as a lay term of chaos, not as a, a chaos in terms of chaos theory. But we're thrown into a rather chaotic, frenzied, wild, uh, unmanageable state. And then we have to make choices moment by moment in order to make sense out of the chaos into which we're thrown. Birth to death is a ride. 
By its very definition, it is unpredictable. There are no guarantees. Shit happens. Curveballs get thrown at us. Shit happens. Wonderful things happen. That's and how we deal with it is who we are and who we become. That's the ride. And the problem is that when we try to control that which is out of our control, we become an incredibly anxiety-prone society. And that's that's what gets us into trouble. We're very chaotic systems. We go. So hold on. So now, just so you understand where I was going with this today, the butterfly effect, no matter how small and minuscule and stupid something may look, what a big change it makes. So as you see, censorship has been exponentially growing, right? And like I said, I am to be forgotten. That is, it hurts me on the human end, but that is the way it is to be. Think back to those of you that have been along for this ride for a while. Think back on actions. So one of those actions were, hey, send me a postcard, right? First thing. And I'm still getting mail, which I freaking love, by the way. Um, but that was the first thing. The next step, what did we do? We sent letters to the president of the United States. Remember that? We flooded him with letters, right? Then we forced the attorney general of Ohio to write a letter to Biden and tell him, dude, China's not taking over our energy grids. You're going to be in a lot of trouble, right? Then you guys created your groups. Look at where you're going with this. All the while, all the while, exponentially, things have been escalated, created groups. You started talking online. Censorship has been moving with you at the same place. So if you stay at a lambda of zero where you stay constant or you drop down, you're going to go to zero and you're going to fail. But if you take it up to the top, then it changes. So now they're going to curve your speech. Now they're telling you you're not allowed to. Well, guys, you already have groups. Get together. You don't need to be online. They could censor the shit out of your memes and talking. You see how it goes. It all started from, let's send each other postcards. That connectivity. So now the next thing is, let's all plan a trip together and just hang out. Not protest, not bring signs and stickers, but just hang out. Just pick a city and say, we're all going to flood that city and tell them, hey, we love you, right? And then you guys in your groups get together. Can they censor you from hanging out? Can they censor you from going to Panera with 10 people and having coffee? You see how there's a method to what other people call stupid? I'm trying to show it to you. Because that's the way it works. Chaos is when you're trying to control something you can't. Can you control them silencing you online? Fuck no. They've got so much power right now. Only thing you can do is write about it, complain about it, and try to find ways around it. But, but the real proof of how powerful you are is when they can't stop you from talking. Could you imagine 2,000 people show up in a freaking dinky town, book out all the hotels, flood the restaurants, don't argue. They could be liberal as F, right? You just hang out and you're just like, we love you. 
we're here. We're all united. Tell us about your town. It's like super tiny. Love it. Let's hang. Hey, by the way, Kansas, you know, your town's going to be the fault of us all dying. Look what's happening in South Africa. Hand to foot disease is now there. Oh, shit. Right on time. Africa. Go back to my show where I said, hey, when Africa happens, when it comes into the picture, you know shit's going to hit the fan. And I literally said that years ago. So I'm showing you how we've come to that end of that stretch, which is you're all now connected. You've all been infiltrated. You can't really stop it because they're getting smarter. They're using artificial intelligence. And unfortunately, not everyone's a computer. Like, like not everyone's a computer. So the only thing you can do is do something a computer can't do. And that's go hang out. So I did mention Africa. This is the time where you get together and you get together and unite together in person. You will watch your numbers grow like no other, like no other. I I wanted to throw a party on a farm, throw in a couple of, you know, toilets, bring DJ Steph from Twitch and, you know, put music on and we just party. Right. I did. But it wasn't the time because it hadn't happened enough in order to back it up. So now this is the introduction of the next level task that we do as citizens. And it's like, all right, we're making phone calls. We're writing letters. We're filing Q warrantos. We're demanding audits. We're constantly doing this. All right, next step. Now they want us to shut up and they don't want us talking. Then we have the right censoring the right right? You're being censored by all these groups. What started as something nice is now evolved into something not nice, something cocky. Power does that. So what do you do? You can't fight a system that you need, which is the internet, unless you have another internet and you know, that's happening soon. So while you have to go through all the pain and suffering in the next 14 months, isn't it nice to know that someone that's on the group that you chit chat with is like 10 blocks away, 20 blocks away, four miles away, right? This is how you change things. United, you are unstoppable. And so postcard letters, letters to officials, You made your groups. I didn't do that. You did. Because you know how to end this. You know how to regain power and take the reins of this train wreck that you can slowly see. They're giving you chaos when there shouldn't be any. That's it. About our everyday life and we're bombarded with inputs. And the smallest input can change. For example, you... uh, you hear something, uh, you're very sensitive to hearing things, especially if they're about you. You hear something about you which you might suspect is slightly derogatory. This can send you, even if you're fairly well balanced, into a temporary, let's say very minor depression, can color that part of your day, a short part of your day, in which case you may decide to buy uh, candy bar to uh, pick you up because chocolate makes some people feel better. Now, how can you make predictions on a long-term basis given the finite 
uh, components of a system, the, the, the complexity of a human being, how one human being sees something, how one human being reacts to something. There are so many uh, infinite possibilities of the effect of one person on another. We cannot make long-term predictions. To want to invite information that we have spent a lifetime avoiding knowing because we are terrified of how that may change the system, how that may create chaos in the system, is a very compelling challenge. We have all these small inputs. We don't normally think of them that way. But if you, if you sometimes feel a little bit depressed or a little bit elated, and you think about it, it may be some very, very small thing that made you that way. Just looking at something that's extremely pretty, which catches your eye and so on, may make you feel much better. Uh, and that can, so, so we're extremely sensitive to that. And I would say we're chaotic. We're a chaotic system. If I'm afraid of um, being mugged in New York City walking down the street, I will become very, very cautious. As I become cautious, I become a target. Therefore, I am inviting the very thing that I'm afraid of. So, yes, I think that chaos uh, and the fear of the chaos actually invites more chaos. This is why you should be eating chaos for lunch. The small thing of sending a postcard, the small thing of sending the president a letter was in a unified stance to actually do something more personal than just go on a Facebook page or send a meme. That was something tangible that someone was getting in their hands and they could see and feel, right? That was a big deal. Chaos exists if you invite it. It's quite simple. You know, there could be, uh, it was It was like that. I, I think I've spoken about this where my daughter and I were eating tacos in Public Square Cleveland downtown. And someone was stabbed right there. And there were police everywhere and they were washing away. There was chaos. And yet we were still in the moment, just not frazzled. Everyone else around there was panicking. So those were little steps making you able to personalize. How many of you have children and don't let them go hang out with their friends anymore because of the fear of what other people might do to them. Tons of you. You have that panic, right? You have that panic. And that makes your kid a target, right? Because you freak out about it. Because we do not trust anyone. We do not trust anything. Well, why don't you trust the person next to you that's been online with you for the past six months talking and doing things with you and researching things and talking about their local. This is how you do it. Chaos was the law of nature. Order was the dream of man. You cannot put order when you are not in control. Free will means that every single node, every single human has their direction to choose. And when all of those resonate together in a common goal, they achieve it because that is how they create that order to fall in line where all the frequencies just say, Whoop, we're resonating here. And you can see that through science, the beauty of science and through numbers. 
that even though they seem to be random, they're not. All these theories seem to be separate theories, but they're not. They all come down to one single point. And so you can be that single point if you understand it. You don't have to be chaotic. You don't have to be stressed. Yes, there are a lot of stressful factors on us. But look, can you control them shutting you up on the internet? You really can't. You can hide your name, but they know your device. They know your IP. You can use two VPNs, three VPNs. Everything can be accessed. So can you really know? But one thing they can't do is stop you from going to see someone. Well, unless they do lockdowns and you abide. But this is how you change things. By getting uncomfortable. Change is never comfortable in your pajamas and your slippers at home. Right? It's actually doing things, getting out there and doing things. And you'll be very surprised how still you are while the chaos is going on around you. That's what's important. I mean, I get frazzled all the <laughs> frazzled off of diapers. That one little thing triggered me. Obviously I'm going to return them. <laughs> it's a waste of money, but you know, little things frazzle us. How many of us blow up with something super stupid? How many of us realize how wrong we've been seeing things with just the littlest thing? We're overloaded with information, overloaded with stress, and we're extremely pressured to find a solution for ourselves by ourselves in environments that we can't. What you cannot control, you leave to him. And he will deal with it. What you can do is complete actions that indicate that need and that want. We all want to control our lives in a way that we feel safe. And hopefully we make good decisions about feeling safe in life and feeling that we choose partners that help us feel safe and trusting. And we make decisions that help us feel safe and trusting. Beyond that, Buckle in, pay attention, know who you are, what is, and what is a sense of self? I think, I feel, I value, and get ready to, to grow. Is chaos bad? If we could live in a society of understanding chaos and living with chaos, and what we're really talking about is a concept in psychology called spontaneity. Being able to go with the moment, being able to stay with what is rather than control that which might be. So we could... Con if we could flow with, if we could stay with the moment, if we could stay in the here and now, which is another psychological term, if we could be with what is, we wouldn't need necessarily to attempt so much control of what might be in the future. So chaos is a friend of mine. Hmm. I would have to say that's true for me. <laughs> I thrive under pressure. I love curveballs, even though I hate them in the moment later. I like it. And you can make evil your bitch because the one thing evil wants is control. And when you take away their ability to control, they freak the fuck out. I'll tell you what, I had a conversation with moderators uh, a week or so ago. And you know, when we have conversations, I could do not like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And that's when my day starts to wind down. It's like, I never sleep. They never sleep. <laughs> And you know what they're complaining is, dude, there's so many bots. 
There's so many programs being deployed. There's so much of this. And I was like, can you control it? Well, we're looking and we're this. You can't control it. And if you put a com bot like other channels do, where they put like bots to delete links, then you might delete something that might be newsworthy. So we don't do that. So what do you do? What do you do? And I remember I told one of them, you can't control it. You just have to accept that you're going to be infiltrated, period. That's the way it is. You have to accept it and work with it. Accept and embrace that out of the 10 people you're talking to right now, seven of them are infiltrators. Accept it and say, fuck it. I'm going to do what I'm doing and continue to do what I do, knowing that evil is right there lurking to destroy this, but I'm going to stay forward and I'm going to stay focused because the more I stay focused, the more on my path I go. Um, and that's my end goal. Now, if I have to take twists, turns, climb mountains, go through valleys, fall down, scrape my knee, get tortured, I'm still going to get to that goal or I will die trying because I would die standing on my feet and on my knees. And that is how everyone should see it. You're infiltrated. You can't organize, you can't file paperwork, lawsuits, blah, 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 whatever, or whatever you're doing, running for office, you know, asking questions, holding your school boards accountable, your council, your city councils, your commissions, right? You can't control everyone else, but you can control your actions. And that's what you should do. And I hope that everyone understands that. The next step is taking away their power of how you think is the only way you communicate. I mean, let's pretend it was 1950. Where would you communicate? Well, no, they had phones then. Let's go way before that. How did they make change? Because they got together. So I think it's time that people started getting together. Like, I'm actually looking forward to hosting my own Cleveland group with um, Ohio people that are within my county. So that way we can talk about what's upcoming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm actually already thinking on planning that. I know that the Ohio group, we got together with a couple people when we went to the funeral. And I know that Nick, who works on that group, has had a couple people over and they've been working together. So we can all work together. There's a lot of people that are dependent on trains and, and buses or can't walk, right? We can make it work. We're a team. We're on Team America and you guys are so highly effective and it's not just you. There's other people around the world just like you. They get together and that's where you make a huge difference when you decide on a, t on, on a goal and you do it. And so the next thing that it should be is getting together and sharing that too. Hey, we all got together today. Here's some pictures. We had total fun. We played chess. We didn't do shit. We just smoked cigarettes. We stood on a corner and talked for five. I met so many people on the whim and just sat there and quickly had a conversation. When I ran into whims, it was literally what? Like 15, 20 minutes, hug, chit chat, cigarette. And I was off to my next meeting. We can all do that every single day. It doesn't have to be once. It could be done every day. It could be just two people, three people, four people. This is what has to happen. And so it, it, you can use the mediums that you have available to you right now because they won't be available to you soon. Ish. ish, ish, ish. Like I said, it's not going to be pretty. I told you it wasn't going to be good last year. And this is why you need to find your still and your strength to maintain course.
because they want everyone apart. They want to keep you in groups. They want to keep you mesmerized with stupid memes. They want to irritate you so bad that you're like, for fuck's sake, a pregnant man emoji? Are you kidding? Right? That's what they want. They won't win. They lose. But how fast they lose is dependent on you. It is dependent on you. And so, um, you know, it's important that you stick together because you're going to have serious withdrawal symptoms. Speaking of withdrawals, obviously, Tom McDonald dropped his new video withdrawals. And I want to hear it with you right now and bid you a wonderful weekend. And I, you know, I don't believe that this Sunday I can. I really want to get back to doing movies. You know, I really want to watch Team America. I'm going to try. I'm going to really try, but I really have to unpack. Like, if I actually sent you guys a picture of my bedroom, I'd be like, oh, my God, the poor girl. (laughs) She has a suitcase with the same clothes she's been recycling because she just hasn't emptied anything. And I, I just got my bed together. So no more crackhead on the floor mattress, right? I mean, that Hunter thing, so... 2019. (laughs) God bless everyone. I definitely see you Monday night, but I hope I do Sunday too. God bless. The doctor said to talk to him if I wanted to get off my meds, but I never called his office in, poured the bottle in the garbage can. I'm stuck in this apartment and I'm anxious like the cops are here. I tried to call like all my friends, none of them are answering. Is this the moment where I can't control it? Got no appetite, I guess the party's over. I can't sleep at night and I keep rolling over cause my skin is itchy and the paranoia got me worried sick and it is so annoying. I've been throwing up, it looked like motor oil, but I chose to quit and now I can't avoid it. The right things to do are the hardest choices. Is this the moment when I need a donor? Liver failing from the liquor pouring? All the room is spinning, it ain't vodka soda. What is almost killing me is being sober. Talk about pitfalls, surrounded by brick walls. This is what kids call. Deleted every number from my phone, I'm staying home Really wish that I was drunk with all my friends I'm gonna beat it or I won't and overdose Really wish that I was high with all my friends I'm from therapists, my arrogance embarrassing It isn't fair to tear with this, addiction plays my parents in I'm scared repair will never fix, the voluntary negligence The wear and tear my errors did, they almost had to bury me is this the moment where I screw up and relapse? Waste all my money on rehab. Can't take a pill from the doctor to relax. Lash out in anger whenever I react. Feel like a weak man. I don't want to be that. Living every day to get a buzz on the weekend. I'm in the deep end fighting with demons. Trying to stay clean. I just really need a reason. My bones are shaking in my hands and feet. I see my rib cage, but I can't eat. I still wake up panicking so I can't sleep. I just sit in the bathtub and try to breathe. Talk about pitfalls. Surrounded by brick walls. This is what kids call. Deleted every number from my phone, I'm staying home Really wish that I was drunk with all my friends I'm gonna beat it or I won't and overdose Really wish that I was high with all my friends I've never felt this bad before I don't know if I'll make it Don't have the strength to get off the floor right now But I'm hoping and praying My whole life I wanted more This might be the end But now I've had too much fun And 
It's over now. I loved what I hated. Deleted every number from my phone. I'm staying home. Really wish that I was drunk with all my friends. I'm gonna beat it or I won't. And overdose. Really wish that I was high with all my friends. Deleted every number from my phone. I'm staying home. Really wish that I was drunk with all my friends. I'm gonna beat it or I won't. And overdose. Really wish that I was high with all my friends.